be courageous. Um, it gets really scary, I think, when you go out on your own as an entrepreneur, um, kind of navigating the world uh, on your own without the you know, help of a huge corporation behind you or uh, a big team behind you. And so uh, what I would say is sometimes it, uh, you start to question yourself, like, am I doing the right thing? Am I you know, uh, going to be able to uh, sustain this business? Um, and when you get to that point in your mind, I think it's important to remind yourself of why you're doing it. Um, you're passionate about why you're passionate about it um, and to find a way to inspire yourself to keep going. Um. Hey everyone, this is Devin Miller here with a, another episode of the Inventive Journey. I am your uh, host, Devin Miller. I'm the serial entrepreneur uh, that also uh, founded uh, Miller IP Law, where we help startups and small businesses with their patents and trademarks. Uh, we talk through another journey and fun journey of a, a great uh, guest on the show, Champion. I like the name Champion, or the, the, at least the nickname. Not sure. Thanks, what um, so Champion is a the founder and CEO of uh, Lavalytics. I think you've also been on Forbes 30 Under 30 with Social Entrepreneurship. And I think right now you said you're right in, you're in Hawaii, which is a, a fun place to be. So uh, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me, Devin. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, great. Why don't we, we uh, we'll start with your journey and you can uh, dive in a bit and uh, tell us your journey and we'll uh, go from there. Yeah, sure. Um, so my inventor's journey, um, sadly enough, actually began with a uh, heartache, I, I should say. I, um, well, first of all, I started off in the entertainment industry uh, at a company called Participant Media, uh, where I worked on films, basically, that had a social impact and tried to create change in the world. Um, and so my journey actually was in that creative space, and I've tried to kind of... Um, live in that creative space ever since then. Uh, so I did some consulting for the World Bank in uh, digital strategy and communications. Uh, but I really found my niche in the advertising industry and the creative side of the industry. So I'm going to stop right there. Just be, So you said it started with heartache. Are you going to get to the heartache or the heartbreak? Yeah, I'm going to get to the heartache for sure. I wanted to make sure you kind of gave that intro that I didn't hear. I was keep waiting for the heartache or the heartbreak to happen. I'll let you keep going, but just wanted to make sure we would get there. Yeah, yeah, no, this is, this is not the heartache part yet, but definitely <laughs> get there. It's a valid lesson for all inventors. Um, but yeah, so I went into the creative industry. I worked as a digital strategist um, for uh, really, some really cool advertising agencies uh, in New York City and Los Angeles um, and really all over the place. And then I kind of went off on my own and started developing my own tools and systems and, and stuff. And that's where the heartache came in. Um, basically about three or four years back, I um, designed a new technology platform, uh, which uh, started off fantastic, started off great. I um, did the, the build for it, uh, developed it over the course of about a year with some developers and friends of mine, and got approached by a VC firm. And the VC firm basically stole the idea, ran with it. There was, um, there was uh, uh, no um, uh, communication about what they were going to use it for and all that stuff. Well, it seems like I've got a, got a guest. Come on in. <laughs> hey, how's it going? Hey, is Martin? No, he's not. <laughs> no problem. Looks like you got a full house. Yeah, no worries. Um, 
so yeah, the VC firm basically ran with the idea themselves and there was nothing I could do about it. Uh, I tried litigating and all that stuff. You being a lawyer, you know how that goes. Um, it's but uh, I time very, consuming and expensive, right? Exactly. Exactly. I learned very quickly um, the need to patent your ideas because um, uh, that's how you can protect them the best. And, you know, it's really what our economy was built on is uh, idea patenting. And so uh, that's when I jumped into the world of uh, patenting. Hmm. So backing up there just a little bit. So that gives us a very, and without throwing mud on and not getting into the name of the VC. That was the VC firm, by the way. They were, <laughs> they were not trying to figure out what's going They're on. They were knocking down your door to get your next great idea, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So we're going to dive into that just a little bit. So was that the first interaction you'd had with the It was back. So did you... Di- pitched to a whole bunch of VC firms? Was it the first one? Had you gone through it? Was the first interaction or how did that go? So were you kind of new to it and they took advantage of it or just trusted too much or how did that go? You know what? It was actually one of those things where they approached me and, uh, you know, kind of offered uh, to help develop the product. And, you know, I I was experienced by that point. I was on to my maybe second company. Uh, But yeah, I think uh, the way that they made the approach, I was um, perhaps overly trusting. Um, and, uh, you know, they kind of lied and just, uh, but as you know, that happens all the time. And so mm. exactly immediately after that, I decided, you know, in order to protect myself, uh, I got to get everything patented. I got everything trademarked, copywritten and all that, which I had known before, but you know, sometimes you, uh, you get blindsided. So. Fair enough. So how did you, or what made you, how did you, as you got into that process said, okay, I've at least learned, lesson of hard knocks, go through the heartbreak, see the idea taken and say, okay, I'm going to pick myself back up. Right. Get into the patents. Cause I hope, you know, that the, obviously I'm a little bit biased to that direction, but before I dive into that, so picking yourself back up and saying, okay, I'm going to have to come up with a new idea, try the litigation route, try to go, you know, get it back and didn't work out. How did you mm-hmm. pick yourself up or how did you decide, okay, I'm moving on and this is now what I'm going to do. Yeah, that's a great question. I think uh, first, um, you know, you go through the the five phases of grief <laughs> and you uh, wonder how it's possible for those those types of things to happen in today's world. Uh, but then you you kind of look at the marketplace and you say, well, I can keep going with my product. I'll just do it my way. Um, and so that's what I did. You know, the company is still up and running. The product itself still has its own legs. Um, it's the space is just a little bit more crowded, but, you know, that's the nature of competition. Um, so. But the way that I kind of focus on um, new innovations and things like that is um, always try to look at the market with a fresh eye. And if something exists on the marketplace already, then it's probably not worth kind of stepping into. Uh, mm-hmm. But if you be a first mover, that's great. If not, um, you know, just uh, find your niche, I would say. Okay. So you, you pick yourself up, you decide, okay, learn my lesson. I'm going to make sure to get these things patented, which... I always recommend you got to brush it off. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. And so then you do that, you pick yourself up and say, okay, I've learned my lessons as far as the patents, which I'm, I know I come from a biased, uh, biased position. So, but I always recommend uh, patents and trademarks. And so, uh, but with that, you picked yourself up, said, I'm going to do my next, next great thing, or I'm going to build on it and I'm going to keep going, brush myself off. So then kind of where did the journey take you from there? Yeah, it actually took me to some pretty fantastic places, um, perhaps even better places than, than when I started prior. Um, what I learned to do was kind of break my thoughts or ideas into three different categories, essentially, basically um, 
future technology, things that don't exist today that would be awesome to have in the marketplace um, that you don't see anywhere that are kind of very easily patented because they're quite clearly your idea because they just don't exist yet. Mm. And then the second category or the second tier for me is um, design, uh, human-centered designed approaches where uh, you're inspired by a product or something that's, that's uh, been on the market for a long time, um, but you want to design it in a better way. And so I go after a, a design patent uh, where I think I can maybe do a design that's creatively approached or different, has a different approach than what's on the market. And then the third tier for me is really products that are market ready, that are unique um, and ready to go to market. And um, those are, uh, I think, the most fun because you get to not only develop the innovation or the product itself, um, but also the patent itself, but also the brand and the company. And that's really what I love to do. Okay. So does that, does that lead us to law of analytics? Is that where kind of after you did all of that, then you went to law of analytics? Is that, is that the next step? That's correct. Yeah. So law of analytics started doing uh, software architecture basically with focus on, um, you know, there was this uh, experience that I had in the industry where there were, um, a ton of tools on the market, but none of them really were user-friendly and none of them really had longevity. And so I looked at the marketplace for market intelligence and and analytics. And I said to myself, I think I can probably build a better product. Mm. Um, So that's what I set out to do. And so Lavalytics is a creative uh, technology studio. Uh, We take the studio approach where we don't just do one product or two products. Uh, We look at what's missing from the marketplace um, and then we try to use creative technology to um, build things around that empty space, so to speak. Um, so uh, it's combining uh, multiple different technologies, multiple different coding languages, design approaches uh, to formulate um, a robust product. Um, and so I've been working with Lavalytics for the past few years now. And uh, one of the inventions that came out of that is uh, what I call the Diamond ETL, which is essentially a completely new way to do uh, data transformation um, and big data analytics, um, which is, I think, incredibly helpful because over 75% of big data projects currently fail, um, mostly at the enterprise level because of um, how the software is designed. And so being able to approach that problem and tackle it from a design perspective and then patent on top of it was, was super cool. So, so it sounds like if I were to reflect back, Lavalytics kind of takes almost a multi-user or group think approach, or at least collaborative approach, and then you identify kind of maybe niches in the marketplace or things that are not either not done well or that aren't done at all, and then you <laughs> take that approach in order to uh, select your innovation and to to take it to the marketplace and uh, take that kind of that collaborative approach. Is that a fair summary? Yeah, I think um, uh, collaboration is a good word. What I like to call it is open innovation. Um, it's really, it's about uh, bringing disparate ideas together. It could be an idea from a completely adjacent market uh, that you're bringing into another market um, and then developing a new product around that. It could be something that's completely disruptive to the industry itself and you know will uh, kind of challenge the incumbents to do their business completely different. Uh, something that I'm working on right now that I'm super excited about actually just launched yesterday is um, uh, it's called cannoli rolling papers. And it's basically uh, uh, the three M of rolling papers. 
um, the new way to to uh, to roll um, with whatever product you're using. You can roll it with one hand. It's uh, adhesive, so you sprinkle the product on it. Um, basically, that developed out of the idea. I was watching my friend roll one day, and he was just doing horribly. Um, There's no way to um, to get everything to stay compact. It was like he was just falling all over the place. He was losing losing product, and so I thought, how would 3M, uh, the company, approach this this market? Um, and that's how Cannoli Rolling Papers was born. Um, and it's just a really simple way to roll and things like that. So, um, yeah, that's an example of a product that's market ready. Uh, it's got a great brand behind it. And uh, the, the idea is to actually improve uh, the experience for consumers. Mm. Uh, that's really what I put first with all my product development is how can this improve the consumer experience first and foremost, essentially, or customer experience first and foremost. No, that's insightful and makes sense. So I'm going to slightly change topics, but not too much. So I did have a, a kind of a, a tangential question that I thought I would ask, and there's a good spot for it. So yeah. if I, Forbes 30 under 30, is there, I've, always, I've never checked into it enough other than I've wondered, but I've never looked into it. Is there only 30 that are under the 30 or is it different <laughs> categories or how does Forbes 30 under 30 works and how did you get into that or how did you get selected for that? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, I, I think they, they select 30 for each category, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I, I ended up in uh, the year that I made the list was 2014. So it was a few years back now. Um, but the, it was a new category at the time, social entrepreneurship. Uh, the focus is completely different from uh, the rest of the categories. It's really a focus on social impact, um, social change. Um, and how can you make the world a better place, a better place through business and innovation? Um, so I was super honored to to be on that list. The way that I made the list was I was uh, nominated by um, two people who were um, judges, um, and then my my uh, mentor Jeff Skoll, the founder of one of the founders of eBay, and now the founder of Participant Media, actually nominated me. Um, because we worked together and he was really proud of the work that I was doing in the social impact space um, in terms of um, improving the lives of young people of color and, and uh, helping them uh, in the policymaking space. And so he recommended me for the list um, and I got voted in. So I made it and uh, it was great. It's, it's one of the most incredible experiences. Actually, you, you go to these conferences, you've got, you know, maybe 500 people who have made the list that year for different categories, music, entertainment, uh, social impact, whatever it is, and you guys just kind of hang out and you get to um, kind of uh, uh, exchange ideas and keep people in, in your network and you build an incredible network. Um, after you make the list and after you attend one of those conferences, your production and your speed of um, work goes tenfold, basically. Things just start moving and you know, you're making deals left and right. You're communicating with people about different products left and right. And it's all about deal flow. It's all about, you know, how can we build something incredible? And so I, I really appreciate it for that reason. Uh, I got to see Peter Thiel talk a little bit about uh, his book, um, Zero to One, which is um, something that I think is fantastic. Uh, his approach to uh, how to start a company, how to launch a product uh, is incredibly, um, incredibly helpful, I think, for all entrepreneurs. And after I read it, I was actually, I, after the conference, I went to Peru for a vacation. I was reading his book and I just had all these ideas for uh, new companies that I wanted to do, new products I wanted to do. So it's, it's an incredibly inspiring um, process and I highly recommend it for everybody. All right. 
Well, I'm already over 30, so I, I can't, I, I already did fall by myself, but maybe I'll get the uh, 40 under 40 or something of that. <laughs> yeah, you can still make it under 40, 50, and 60. <laughs> I think they, they, they make a new list every year, so it's right. um, actually quite fun to keep up with them. Never too late. Um, so, okay, so going back from that one, so now we're, I'll drag it back. I dragged you off topic, and I'll drag you back on, the top, or back on topic. So you started Lavalytics, I think, around 2016. Um, mm-hmm. He's, that's going for, I guess now, what, about three and a half years or so. Um, so how is the, how has that gone as far as you started that? That's kind of been your main focus and your passion. I know you've done a few other things with guest lecturing and whatnot, but if you mm-hmm. go to Lavalytics, how has that journey been? Has it been all straight uphill and been perfect? Has it been bumpy up and downs? How have you, you know, decided on your product, launched them, made your millions, everything's crashed and burned or how did it all work out? since? <laughs> Well, I think as you know, as an entrepreneur, it's never a straightforward road, no matter how hard you try, no matter how many times you've you've, uh, successfully launched a company or a product, it it gets harder and harder, I think, as you go, especially Mm -hmm. because um, your expectations of yourself get higher and higher. Um, But with Lavalytics, I'm happy to say it's been pretty smooth going, I would say, um, for the most part, uh, because we are, because of our structure as a creative design, creative technology studio, we get to focus on a number of products and at the same time uh, consulting for various companies. So it's, it's a product development studio and a consulting studio all in one. So when I get tired of working on a product that I'm developing, I get to you know, jump over to my clients and help them with their businesses, help them improve their markets. For instance, right now, I'm doing some consulting in Hawaii for the hemp industry and a bunch of hemp growers out here. And um, uh, it's just such a cool market right now. There's so many, there's so much potential for growth in the market, in the industry. Um, from a product standpoint, the products are designed with customers in mind, with making their, improving their health, improving their fitness. Um, and so everything is in alignment with what I set out to do with, um, with my own products. And so that's been a lot of fun. And I can tell you that uh, that market, that industry is only going uphill from here as more and more states pass new legislation, legalizing and improving the, um, the regulations for, for, uh, for growers and stuff. So that's super cool. I get to put my farmer's hat on a little bit, as you can see. <laughs> it's almost as good as the Miller IP law baseball cap. Almost, but not quite. Almost as good. Not quite there. Yes, for sure. <laughs> but it, that would, I, I set a pretty high bar, so I don't know that anybody beats, gets over that bar. Exactly. Exactly. So we're going to take the next six months to a year for you, you know, kind of what's in store for law of analytics and for champion yourself and kind of what, where do you see the trajectory and where are you going to build things to and what are the goals? Yeah, that's a great question. Well, I'm really excited. Um, I'm in the, in the process of actually um, uh, looking at uh, a, perhaps uh, building a partnership with a really great design firm that I respect uh, really highly in the industry, IDEO. Uh, we're having conversations about perhaps partnering around different products that I'm developing. Uh, they're looking to step into the cannabis industry. And so the timing couldn't be perfect. I actually just jumped off a conversation with them and we're like, all right, we're going to talk about this product on Friday. So I'm really excited about that. Uh, I've got a new product rollout that is um, ready to go. It's called Quench. Um, and it's the world's first liquid releasing mouth guard. Um, that's 3D printed uh, for the sports industry, uh, for the cannabis industry, um, and for uh, the health and wellness industry. So, wait, wait, 
Okay, you jumped it. Why do I need a mouth guard for cannabis? Is it a dangerous, <laughs> like, dangerous to consume, or what, what's the mouth guard for? Is it related to cannabis? That's a great question. I'm so glad you asked. Um, you know, a lot of people want and to. I get, don't know what, much about cannabis, so I'm, I'm putting that on front end. It's, it's an industry I don't know nearly enough about. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, now you, you've, been, uh, you've been blessed into the cannabis industry now. <laughs> so, right. yeah, it should be fun. Um, a lot of people are concerned about microdosing and getting the right dosage right now. Um, and in my experience, the best way to do that is um, with this mouth guard. It gives you the opportunity to dose throughout the day to do your doses um, in the right amounts specific to your body size, your weight size, uh, your activity routines and different things like that. It gives you the opportunity from a sports angle to do in-game hydration. So you can hydrate while you're in the game. There's no need for uh, a water bottle or anything like that. Instead of taking a break, you can just bite down on the mouth guard and you get a release of hydration of liquid, um, mm -hmm. which is, which is really cool. It's got, it's got flavors. It's got um, the ability to hold food and beverages and obviously uh, cannabis products, which is super exciting. I think. Um, so I'm still going to ask. So can no, I get the, I get the sports angle makes complete sense. Cannabis. So do you walk around with the mouth guard throughout the day and just get a little spurt of cannabis or do you, you know, so do you, you get the envision a whole bunch of people walking around with mouth guards just to, to do that? Or how is that going to work? I get the sports industry and I think that one's cool. But I, I'm <laughs> yeah. pressing on the cannabis because that one still is, I just try to envision if you have a whole bunch of people that are using cannabis that are walking out with mouth guards. Yeah, well, I think right now um, the tincture market is probably the fastest growing, one of the fastest growing segments within the cannabis space. Um, but you can't walk around with a bottle, a tincture bottle. I mean, you can, but it's not really convenient. Mm. Uh, so a step up from that, if you want to go hands-free while you're driving, while you're you know, walking, whatever you're doing, whatever your activity routine is, you just fill your mouth guard you know, with one of our capsules um, uh, or you kind of squirt your tincture into the mouth guard. You put it in your mouth and you, you've got access to that all day without having to think about it, really. Um, it's it's a bit of a step for, for some people, but I think once you use the product, especially if you're an athlete or if you're an enthusiast, you really start to see its benefits um, and you uh, you don't even know that it's there most of the time, which is really cool. Okay, so this, this isn't the full sports mouth guard that I'm used to, like, when I was in football, literally football, that, like, yeah. covered both or the bottom and the top side of your teeth and you couldn't even talk with. Something a little different than that? <laughs> it's a little different than that. The great thing is that it's 3D printed, so it's precisely designed to fit your mouth so mm -hmm. that you can continue to speak, you continue to do everything right. that you do, and then when you're ready, when you want that dose, that little kick of energy or boost of whatever, you just bite down and you've got it right there. All right. So that's, that was my disconnect. So that makes more sense. I was thinking <laughs> of the mouth guard, like, you know, the little league where it covers your whole mouth and you can't even talk and you have to take it out to talk. I was thinking, okay, that's probably not quite as practical. So it makes a little more sense and that uh, alleviates my concerns that this is dead on arrival. So uh, otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> well, the great thing is uh, for me, there's a great social impact play behind it as well. We're talking about, partnering with the World Health Organization and UNICEF to provide these mouth guards filled with protein um, to uh, refugees around the world um, who are not getting their nutrition on a regular basis. So through this mouth guard, once you fill it, they're pre-filled. Uh, if we can deliver them on the ground at refugee camps, they can then have these, this way to access food and nutrition 24-7 without having to um, you know, go through the standard processes. So 
there's a potential to have a, a huge global impact on, on, on hunger and, and uh, starvation as well. All right. And for all those that love coffee and just want that extra little kick, you can just put in caffeine in there. Exactly. Exactly right. <laughs> I don't drink coffee, so I, I don't know much about it, but I hear that it gives you a good pick-me-up. So, All right. So that I think those are some fun areas you're going. So we're kind of reaching towards the end of the podcast and always get towards the end, and there's mo- much more to, to talk about than time to talk about it. So we'll have to uh, hit up some of the other topics on another day. <laughs> But with that, I always ask two questions at the end of the podcast, so I'll, I'll go ahead and uh, blast those to you now. So the first one is, what was the worst business decision you ever made? Oh, gosh, that's a good one. Um, I, I would have to say um, I made a decision to attend an incubator a few years ago, um, and it didn't go well. And I think that was probably the worst business decision I ever made. Uh, had I just kept working on the product on my own, for another month or two, I would have gotten to market a lot faster had I uh, gone, had I not gone to the incubator. Um, right. I'm going to press you on it. So you said it didn't yeah. go well. That's a nice glossing over it. But for all those <laughs> that are, are in the incubators or want to go to incubators or thinking about them, because there are some, and I think there are some good ones and some bad ones. But what yep. was the what was the thing that didn't go well, or why wouldn't you use an incubator? What would you t- tell people to um, watch I, out for? You know, honestly, um, and. You know, this is not to, there are, there are some really great accelerators and incubators out there. So this is kind of a general statement, but I think for the most part, uh, and this is true of VC firms, accelerators, incubators, they really have become an apparatus for that side of the market to make money rather than to focus on the entrepreneurship and to focus on the startup founders themselves, which is, I think, quite unfortunate. So in my experience, um, their focus was just in the wrong place. And they ended up slowing me down uh, more than than helping, basically. Um, that's not always the case. I mean, I've had a lot of friends who have gone through accelerators and, you know, they speak really highly of them. Um, but it's not for everybody. And so that experience was, was really not for me. And, um, yeah, I think if you're an entrepreneur and um, you're thinking about attending an accelerator incubator, the best thing that you can do is talk to somebody who attended prior and get a sense from them uh, about whether or not it's legit whether or not they're actually going to uh, have the right focus and help you in the right way that your company needs it at the time. All right. No, I think that's very insightful and good, a good lesson to learn. You have to watch <laughs> out, you know, at or, or oxymoron in the sense that an incubator or an accelerator that slows you down is kind of, you know, the, the, the opposite of what you're looking for, but I think that's a, <laughs> yeah, a good, a you, good don't, you don't want that for sure. <laughs> so be careful of the accelerators that go slow. So, all yeah. right. Second uh, question I always ask is, so somebody that was wanting to get into a startup, wanting to get into a small business or just made the leap and is just getting going, what would be the one piece of advice you'd give them? Oh, another good question. Um, I would say uh, be courageous. Um, It gets really scary, I think, when you go out on your own as an entrepreneur, um, kind of navigating the world uh, on your own without the help of a huge corporation behind you or uh, a big team behind you. And so uh, what I would say is sometimes it, uh, you start to question yourself, like, am I doing the right thing? Am I you know, uh, going to be able to uh, sustain this business? Um, and when you get to that point in your mind, I think it's important to remind yourself of why you're doing it. Um, you're passionate about why you're passionate about it. Um, and to find a way to inspire yourself to keep going. Uh, because no matter what, as an entrepreneur, and this is even more so as a social entrepreneur, um, where you're trying to change societal constructs and things, 
um, you have to never give up, really never give up on your dream, on what you're building and, and just keep going. And uh, even if you have to put your project aside for a few years or for a month or two, um, you know, don't give up on it because you, you set out to do it for a reason and you should keep going with it at all times and just find a way to stay inspired. Listening to good music is usually a really good way to help. <laughs> all right. Listen to good music. No, that's not, not the only, not the only piece, but no, I think that's good advice. So make sure to be tenacious, to keep after it, to, to have faith in yourself and to realize that it can be a journey and that it's going to take some time and some hard work and effort. So, Okay, so for those of you, as we reach the end of the podcast, want to give a chance for you to plug how to people to get connected with you, whether they want to get engaged with Lavalytics or the mouth guard or the, um, the, what was it, the cannoli paper, I was trying to remember the right word for it, or whichever one, what's the best way to reach out with you, get involved, um, anything, you know, connect up with you? Sure, yeah, well, the, the uh, cannolis rolling papers website will be up and running uh, in a few days. Uh, but if people want to connect with me, they can connect with me on LinkedIn is the fastest way to do that. I've got all my contact information up on there and I highly recommend, I love when people reach out uh, for any reason, you know, that's, that's what it's all about. Um, I give them my email and we communicate and uh, do all sorts of stuff. Um, secondly, I would say I'm on Gumroad. Uh, all of my products uh, I'm adding to Gumroad basically, which is uh, kind of like a, uh, a checkout page where if you want to purchase a product, invest in a product, um, get consulting services, whatever it is that you want. You can download some of my writing. It's all on my Gumroad page under my name, Champion Mutle. Um, and uh, I have a project on Indiegogo right now, which you can find under my name. And other than that, yeah, I would say LinkedIn is probably the best way. All right. Well, then we'll uh, direct everybody to LinkedIn to be able to keep an eye on you or support your products or otherwise get involved. So, um, thank you for coming on the podcast. It's been fun to have you on. Um, and it's always a pleasure to hear your journey. So it's been an interesting one for sure. Um, for everybody else, it's, uh, or if you want to be a, a guest on the, the inventive journey, feel free to apply to be on the podcast at inventivejourney.com. I'd love to hear everybody's journeys. And for those of you that are looking for help with uh, patents or trademarks or have any questions, certainly feel free to reach us out to us at uh, Miller IP law and we'll make sure to get you taken care of. Thanks again for coming on champion. It's been a fun time and uh, appreciate you coming on and sharing your journey. And uh, course, thanks for having me. It continues to go for you. Awesome. Thank you so much, Devin. It's a pleasure. Thanks for having me and, and have a great day. All right. Thank you.